welcome to the Art Last podcast, where we make art and I guess online culture a little bit more accessible. I'm Sophie. And I'm Seema. If you would like to support the podcast today, my friend, you know what to do. You've heard this on our show. You've heard this on everyone else's show. We come to you graciously without ads, although you can. (laughs) You can sponsor us if you want. But to continue this amazing podcast experience as is, you can support us by rating, reviewing and subscribing, especially on Apple Podcasts. You can join us on Patreon where we have lots of different tiers. Our content is coming back now that we are settling into a new season and a new schedule. And you can also find us on TikTok. And I suppose maybe one day we'll have an Instagram. And somebody <laughs> we'll said we should, it put, out. we should put our episodes on YouTube. Sure. Uh, someday, 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 it'll all happen. We if also, you we also need like transcriptions. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we need to we do. Need we need to, um, we need to go. We're getting prime time though, because one of the big prime time things that we've done is that we switched our format for season two. So each yes. episode, including this one, will have a research or sort of an art historical topic at the header, and then at the end, we'll have something a little freeform. So mm-hmm. today, we are talking about vanilla boys, <laughs> all white interiors, and ancient art. How do these things come together? Please, queen of segues, tell us how. Well, see, this is the thing. We kind of think of, like, a lot of art museums are supposed to be Greek temples or Roman temples. I will say that I know that there's, like, a funny thing where people think they're both the same. They're not. Mm. Greek temples are almost always rectangles. Roman temples often had a dome and had more circular spaces. Huh. Like the Pantheon. Roman Mm. has a dome. So, but the reason that you think they're the same is because the Romans basically took from the Greeks in the way that I would say um, Australia takes a lot of its (laughs) cultural norms from Britain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they are distinctly different. You can kind of think of Rome as the Australia of the ancient world. (laughs) Apples and oranges, baby, they're still both fruit. (laughs) <laughs> oh man! So, love how we're still coming at this with some slightly unhinged energy. We um, are unhinged this week. This week is going to be so unhinged. Listen, anyway. I'm a little bit sick. I'm a little bit loopy. You're just going to get what you get. It's the cold medicine. It's the cold medicine. <laughs> I'm raw um, dogging it, my guy. I'm just, I'm just well. <laughs> so, um, I would say that one of the things that always that really strikes me when you work in real art. Um, and I don't mean meaning what like. What does that mean? Yeah, I know, right? That really sounded so classist. If you had to work in a place that has fake <laughs> crappy art, hubris, mate. That's right. If you have to no. work around crafts, if you have to be near ugly stuff, no, oh, I don't shit. mean that. I meant anything that is tangible. So I don't mean like real art, meaning some art in museums is not real, though. That's also a great topic for an episode because sometimes it isn't. But. Yeah. What I mean is that I vividly remember working um, in a museum and I was standing next to um, a a relief sculpture that was in the palace of Astro Nazarpal. And um, it's one of, there's a number of Astro Nazarpals. I can't actually remember which Astro Nazarpal it is. And Uh, remind people what a relief sculpture is for those who don't know. The relief just means it doesn't have a back. It's not carved all the way around. Oh, see? I don't know these things. I'm not a sculpture Mm -hmm. artist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's from 600. The sculpture probably was around 600, 685 BC, something like that. He died in six. 
probably the sculptures from like 660 BC. Okay. And it's stone and they it, he famously made all these sculptures of winged genies that we now call winged genies holding date palms. Oh, cool. And if you look at the if you look at those from that far back, there is actually flakes of pigment on it, like bright red. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think is very challenging is that we see history from the artifacts that exist. Yeah. And it is very as hard they for are our brain in their as they are now. And so yeah. like, if you look Same now- Same with photographs. <laughs> this is right. like my whole thing with photographs, right? That's it's like, right. you can't read photographs that's in your right. contemporary context. They have that's to be read right. in there. Well, like they don't that's have to right. be, but if you want to have a full understanding, you have to like, bring the context of what's around them and it's the same as looking at art right like you can't really look mm -hmm. at art without the context of exactly the exactly exactly but and that's full why circle, gang. full circle full circle and <laughs> that's why seeing it in real life transforms how you look at it because then yeah. you might catch some of the pigments let's say yeah but the really hard thing is that most pigments um you know will degrade Mm -hmm. They are somewhat fugitive. That means they disappear. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. red is very can be very fugitive. Let's say. Yes. And so, what's Same happened is in hair color. Why is red so impermanent? Sorry, that's another. That's episode. a great question. We should get somebody who like knows science. Oh, we should try and get that like color theory guy. Oh, you know, I have a, a silent beef with the poor color nerd. <gasps> oh. Ooh, he doesn't even know I exist. Poor guy. I doubt that. Poor I guy. doubt that. I doubt that. I don't think so. But no. I, my beef with him is not what he does. He does a good job. But what <laughs> I think is that he empowers dicks, jerks, art, art jerks, to do um, what? To be like snotty. Because I had a video once where I showed something about. I said something like, and the you know the the like childhood color wheel was behind me, but it wasn't the picture I was pointing at. It was below it. Like I had, mm -hmm. I had, I don't know what I had. Like, you didn't Googled. spoon feed the people. Enough. Right. And I was yeah. like, and I was like, but it was there. And he said, I thought some commenters said, I thought you thought that. And I was like, you know what? Even if I did, it's not actually wrong. <laughs> you know, like yeah. scaffolding knowledge for kids. I think my issue is that he is like your photo nerds. Those guys who are dicks and want to seem like they're smarter because somebody learned it is, is learn it at a lower level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that what color nerd does favorite is, kind of person. Yeah, and it'll be people like, you who know, are like, ugh, I don't do trades. It's actually indigo. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Don't be a dick. Mm -hmm. I just that's what I don't like. That's what I really dislike about art world. The art world that not is that it's so much about um, elitism. And to go back to what we we're talking about, yeah, that's why we really believe things like the Parthenon marbles were white. Mm-hmm. Because for these early collectors, that typified what they perceived was um, good taste. Because yeah. you would have to see this and understand how beautiful it is. It didn't get filled in, basically. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because they, yeah. they had this perception that they, these people of the ancient world were so classy, they didn't need colors. No, I'm sorry, but like sad beige, like elitism yes. has yes. not always been a thing. <laughs> And that's the exact answer. So recently they did a study, which I think is so fascinating. Um, and it was published in, I'm looking at the date it was published, in October 2023 in Antiquity Magazine. Mm. So you know those Parthenon marbles? And it is a freeze. <laughs> the Parthenon marbles being the Parthenon of uh, ancient Greece in mm -hmm. Athens. I'm going to show you this picture, but I'm going to tell everyone else. Oh, yeah. 
So the Parthenon marbles were from the Parthenon, which is the area that's above basically what is now Athens. And there was a number of temples. And under the there's a number of sculptures that were in the on the building. And so in the pediment, um, you would have basically that like triangle under the roof. Mm-hmm. There were sculptures, and then also there's sculptures that were the 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 metope, which is the little like, um, you know, that would be like in between the entablature. So underneath that triangle thing, there were sculptures, mm-hmm. or the frieze. So if it went all the way across, as it did in many Greek temples, it was a frieze. Yeah. Right. And so <laughs> the free the the Parthenon frieze, um, and the Parthenon pediment you know sculptures Mm -hmm. those kinds of things got taken up (laughs) as well as one of the women from the and i have to tell you i i I do not study ancient art so here's a great picture of the the metopes of the parthenon so if i'm saying metope wrong i apologize to all ancient specialists can you text that to me yeah i sure can Thank you. So the Parthenon marbles are basically what happened was the Parthenon was a building with all this stuff on it. Parthenon's big white building, mm. big white stone building in Athens. It survived for a very long time until the Ottomans, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, it had all these relief sculptures on them. So sculptures that are not carved in the round, they were taken. And they, thanks to Lord Elgin, taken to um, to England. They're in the British Museum. They're white. They're very you know, beautiful. They're very beautiful. They're very, very beautiful. Um, yeah, it's the kind of thing that you think of when you think of marble sculptures, which is like a lot of movement, a lot of like, mm. you know, almost biblical style imagery. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very, very beautiful. Um, and it is white on white on white. And imagine how beautiful it would have been in color. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. So they've done all this research and originally, you know, a lot of, the thing that happens with a lot of scientific research is that we get better at it and it changes mm-hmm. how we thought of it. And mm-hmm. so just, just now, they figured out that it had Egyptian blue on it. Mm. And Egyptian blue is one of the first synthetic pigments. It mm. is the blue that you see in a lot of Egyptian art, but it is mm-hmm. synthetic. I actually have to read though what it actually is. Um, because while I know a lot about art, I'm definitely not a scientist. Um, Listen, you already wear a lot of hats in that brain. We, yeah, no, we, all have, we all have restraints. Yeah, so they were vivid green. I mean, I think this is crazy. They were vivid green. They had red ochre and Egyptian blue. That's wild. It's wild. Also, like, RGB? Yeah. <laughs> Come it's on. True. That's wild. And then there was red lead used for red, uh, brown red line borders. Ooh, woof. I know. I know. Well, we can, like, send out this. Uh, when I when we do the thing, I'll send out this video, um, mm. this article, because it's just fascinating from Science Direct about this. And I think, you know, the idea, like, we have known probably since I was in graduate school that these were painted, uh, that sculptures of the period were painted. And there's a great show that happened last year at the, um, or, yeah, I think, oh, it's, it closed in March of 23 at the mat. um, And they had an AI feature, too, so that you could see things before and after. (laughs) 
But they had basically re. But this is AI, like I can kind of get behind, you know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with like you. I, I'm interested to see what these things would have looked like in their traditional. That's right. That's right. Context. And I think like Cycladic art, for example, which is very early, um, like 2500 BC. We see these all the time, and many many collections have these. These sort of yeah um, uh, geometric figures, uh-huh. but they look very different when you see them like this. This is not so different than. Um, <laughs> Um, can't see that. A cartoon. I know it's really like terrible with the light. I'll have to text it to you. Yeah, but yeah. it has, I'll tell everyone what it looks like. It's so it's the same geometric figure, but then it has the lines um, around the eyes and then the dot and like a like a drawn in eye, eyebrows. And then uh, Maybe we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like a cartoon. Mm, and I think mm-hmm. that's what a lot of this to me strikes me as that the color because the tr- marble's the like so realistic, and then the yeah. it's kind of almost like gimmicky. Yeah, yeah and I yeah, think yeah. that what's what's interesting to me is that it's closer to like animation. I think that people s- struggle to connect the idea that people of the past were just like us. Yes. Funny. They didn't take things seriously. They had yes. imagination in the same way that we did. They had like creativity and creative expression in the same way that we did. Like we're fundamentally really not different. No. We just no. have more stuff around us that reflects like how long we've been here, basically, in terms exactly. of like technological like progress. Exactly. And I think that, but I also think that, um, I do think like, one of the things that's really hard also, though, is that we want to believe that we, they, they, like, we have a weird um, ambivalence about the past, where in some ways we think that they were dumber than us. We have to say, like, it's so much better now. Yeah. But at the same time, we see that we see them as being um, that seriousness that you talked about. That they were, they were, li- we were, we have frivolity, you know, kids these days, they're mm-hmm. just on their phones, but back then they were serious and they really paid attention. Fuck off. When, if you look at how bright some of these are, I mean, I do think that some of the brightness is about attention, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like they're trying to, because they're telling stories, so much of it is narrative. Yeah. Uh, like the, the metopes of the Parthenon would have been... Um, and the Parthenon frieze, they would have been narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to it, but it it's it actually is so much closer to like if you read manga and they have those lines like to tell you motion, you know. In yeah. some ways, I think yeah. it's so much like that. I also think like and then so that's ancient Greece. Um, but then there's also been a lot of they usually have a it's called a season when they do archaeology. Uh, so during the warm weather in Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do it. And so there's been new findings at Pompeii. Sick. You know, like they found like um, a picture, the, maybe the first pizza. <gasps> it had no tomatoes, right? Because tomatoes are new world. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's more like flatbread, right? I always forget right? about that. But, um, and then They're they like have- like a Zata pizza. Mm. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yum. And, um, but I think- and, <laughs> I want that for breakfast. Know, Sorry. Oh, that does sound good. <laughs> um, but I think that people think of like- the point is, is it was, it was at a fast food restaurant. And I uh, think that the colorful lives of the past, part of it is they were in a visually rich culture. Mm-hmm. But we don't realize that. And we have made them our, they've, we've made them the foil to our society. 
Yes. We've made them this blankness that is yes. better and like almost like aspirational, which takes me to the second part of this asp this thing, the way that so many people on the internet aspire to white interiors and white vanilla boyfriends. <laughs> My worst nightmare. <laughs> So... Icky, icky, I'm getting the ick, Simon. Yucky. Okay, so <laughs> I have to say one thing I'd love to point out, and I want to thank everyone, is that um, I think which is our episode that has the most listens? Oh, that would be our historical understanding of Palestine. And if that is something that, uh, and I understand why that has our most downloads, because it's it's a situation that we've been told for a very long time is extraordinarily complex and it does have a complex history, but genocide is not complex. Like that's essentially <laughs> where we landed. Um, but if that is something that you are interested in, it's content that helped you in a certain way to kind of understand what's going on, or you feel armed with knowledge now because knowledge is power. Let us know. Let us know if you want more of that content. We are willing to create more content to help you understand the historical basis of a lot of what's going on around the world right now is there is more than one active genocide. Um, but that takes a lot of commitment from us and we don't really want to do it unless it's something that you're interested in hearing. And I think that's an important segue, yes. not exactly, it's, we're not going to be able to do a funny segue, but I think it's really, no. it's really powerful for me as somebody who, you know, I think that the thing that a lot of art historians have is that we are invest, we have learned about that region, right? Because mm -hmm. no matter if you've taught art history 101, you have yeah, spent it's a, a part lot of your of time. job. It's part of our job. Yeah. You know, and I think that we often uh, profit off of that area, right? Mm -hmm. Because between just the fact that most art historians have to teach art history 101 and you start with um, that area, not so much the Levant, but closer to the Tigris and Euphrates, but then, you know, you go on to teach about Christian art for mm -hmm. at least eight, at least eight chapters of your 10 chapter book. And uh, Christian Ugh. art is tied to Jesus who lived mm -hmm. in Bethlehem, which is now Palestine. Mm -hmm. Or now in what could be Palestine. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. I think that for what any... What was Palestine? Yes, which is... And I think I think for any art historian or anybody who loves art, mm -hmm. it is important to remember that even our love of those things is what has helped create the situation, right? Because yes. it creates a market that yes. um, exists. And so, yes. so we were glad to make that episode and we would love to be as topical as that um, at any time. Yeah, so I think absolutely. hearing from our listeners would be very good. I also, it brings up to go back and why we're talking about it in this episode is because the other thing I don't know that um, everyone realizes about Sophie and I is that we are often thinking about the algorithm and TikTok and we often play with the algorithm. Last year, huh. we did a test where we decided to see if we could get sexier and if it would increase our views. I do actually kind of need to go back to that because it helps me get sadly <laughs> it did sadly it worked um, uh, I didn't I couldn't really bring the sexy like Sophie but I tried and then listen, um, listen I was given some some uh gifts from the universe and I will continue <laughs> a continue pair of gifts from the universe <laughs> I will continue to use the girls um, um but one of the tests we did recently is that there's been a lot of suppression on TikTok about yes. people who speak about the about Palestine. And so you more than of, me. I've just been doing a lot of reposting. 
Yeah, so I've been reposting. I actually have been reposting as well. And the reason I've been reposting is not because of the algorithm and being suppressed, but instead I hit my max on knowledge that I had and I didn't want to, yeah. I'm not making up stuff. So I stopped and I did a test this week, which really strikes me because I wanted to show, I did videos about um, minimalism. Mm hmm and mid-century mid modern and vanilla white boys. Mm -hmm. uh, and what struck me is how popular those were because vanilla white boys and plain white interiors are very popular. And I would say mm -hmm. that there is a reason that they both are very popular. So first, Sophie, what's a mm. vanilla white boy? <laughs> you read a soft serve white boy? <laughs> Oh my god, say it again, say it again for the people at home. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny and so accurate, but a soft serve white boy, it just feels so right. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, I think it's because they've like, they're so weak willed, you know, and they're like, how they just fold like warm laundry under patriarchy. <laughs> So, but this is the funny thing, they faux fold. So <laughs> there's a whole meme because Jack Harlow, who one of my very funniest friends calls um, uh, like a chubby satyr. He's a uh, goat looking boy. Um, he has a song. Justice for satyrs, never say that. <laughs> um, he... I make a lot of satyr like iconography in my art. Take it back. <laughs> But he does look like a goat. Come on. And so, um, but he has a song about being a vanilla guy. And all of these, oh. like, all of these nice guy um, people on TikTok have been using it for memes. And they're getting, like, millions of views, like some kid with a Rubik's Cube. And what strikes me is that, that and, like, there's a guy who is maybe named Quinn, whose handle, whose bio is obediently yours. <laughs> and so somebody commented, and I think this is true, that they were struck at how they realized he's just some regular guy when he mm -hmm. was throwing a football and wearing a baseball cap. Mm -hmm. And they had been fooled because he wears vintage clothes and he looks so nice and he wears round glasses. Well, and it's kind of like the, the done thing, right? Like no one knows what Dolly Parton really looks like. But she's a great person. She's no <laughs> vanilla girl. She's no That's vanilla girl. Don't rude. don't get me on my dolly. I would never. Dolly. Sorry, I would. I would. Look, she's I an American treasure. You just she don't is. know. Uh, but well, uh, I know. I have. A, I'm kidding. Come, come I'm now. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I think that is what's done. I think you. Mm. I mean, I think you know, Dolly. Dolly. You know, Dolly is basically ancient art. She's not old, I don't mean that. But she knows, because like a lot of that ancient art we were talking about at the beginning of the episode was meant to hit all of your like intellectual triggers, mm -hmm. like in a not in a deep dark way, but in a like a pop, I'm gonna get you right away. There's no there's yeah. no subtlety to the painting of ancient art. No. And there's no subtlety to Dolly, right? So but the opposite is these vanilla boys, uh, it's pretty right. subtle how they're manipulating you. Yeah. Sorry. City's driving me fucking crazy. There's a leaf blower going on. There's cars. Um, <laughs> There's no subtlety in New York City either. No, but also like these woke boys, like I went to school with them, you know, like they, they know how to dress. They know the kinds of things to say. They know exactly what is going to get them into these spaces. And like, I think that photography is 
especially like being, you know, a photojournalist or whatever, or, you know, a, a profile photographer or a street photographer. Like these are spaces that men, especially, especially whites, like straight white men are drawn to because it's a natural power dynamic. They get to be in a position of power over someone who is immediately vulnerable because you're being seen, you're being photographed and under the language that we use in photography, you're being taken like and captured and all of these and shot and all of these horrendous words that I hate using. And then like, you know, these are exactly the kinds of men who have ego breakdowns when they realize that there are people out there who are better than they are at what they do. And that's like, the thing, right? Like, it's still actually manipulation and patriarchy. They're mm -hmm. manipulating women to think, oh, these guys are going to be nice. They're going to be sweet. They're not going to hurt me. The amount of, like, girls that I lived with in Melbourne in share houses who have stories of, like, going on a Tinder date and meeting some guy who does film photography who then, like, you know, was kind of like, hey, come back to my place and put on a mask and, like, wear your underwear and I'll photograph you. That's a really fucking common story. And that's weird and predatory. And to have that be like a normalized part of just like being artsy, that's no, no. Like I'm not, I'm not falling for it. <laughs> like I know exactly what you're doing and you know what you're doing because they do know what they're doing. No, it's like, it's so in it. But the, the thing I think is interesting is we are as women, I think yeah, sure. pretty attuned. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, women. Me, I as a woman would say <laughs> that um, that what um, I was trained to do is to see a certain kind of guy, like like mm -hmm. the Rob Pattinsons of the world, or <laughs> or like the Elon. I mean, like there's a lot of guys that you know they're going to be trouble, right? Like you kind of have like a visual of like a baseball cap, a finance bro, like you kind of know, right? Footballer. So, sorry, what I think is interesting about those positions you've listed is they're generally people who have, like, money and power. Yes, right, right. And Proximity so, to whiteness. That's right, that's right. And so they, they then put this, um, then they put this um, spin on it by also taking positions that we have been sort of socialized to think we're, are safe. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because, like, I was, so I'm doing NaNoWriMo this month. What's that? Novel writing month, November oh, novel. Oh right! Month. Oh yeah, when do you have more? And I'm writing. This? I'm yeah, and I'm writing a, a mystery novel that I'd love to, you know, set, prep, publish someday. Yeah, but about museums. And I said something on a live. Oh, my husband's one of my beta readers, and they said, mm -hmm. "Is your husband a beta?" And I was like, "I mean, beta reader. My children are too, but um, but it was such." Like uh, do people like, not what know would that be alpha wrong? is like worse? Yeah, in, like really? Like, like what would be wrong? But it's like this idea that a guy who chooses to put push himself on the internet as a beta, yeah. as somebody who doesn't look like an alpha guy. Yeah. I promise you that that my husband is none of those things. He's a human being. He's not trying to be a beta or an alpha yeah. because a guy who's putting himself like Quinn, obediently yours, he's not. He's manipulating you. Seriously, seriously. And so my whole belief, though, is that we live in a society that is we are not because we have so much consumerism. So we could like basically consume these boys forever. We don't build yeah, our alongside space. genocide. It's really. Yeah, right. It's a and really we bizarre experience. And we don't build our personal taste. So we don't have enough defense mechanisms against them, mm -hmm. which is takes me to 
my very long rant about uh, white interiors. White interiors. Uh, these beige white interiors. How them. how do you feel about them, Sophie? I they trigger me, <laughs> if I'm honest. Like I grew up in a household that had that like sad beige interior where like there was no uh kind of uniformity of style it, everything was just expensive and you couldn't touch anything and the air conditioning was always blasting and it was always very chilly and very uninviting um so i don't like them i don't like how they value like the uh because i actually saw a video about this right which is like things are devoid of interiors and color and value because of resale value right and there's this idea that like you kind of have to keep things sad and beige so that you can then have the ability to be financially more secure when you decide to leave or you know decide that that thing isn't a part of your asset portfolio anymore you know i was just trying to look up the so that but that might be true except for that i was trying to look up to so this woman that i personally i feel a personal annoyance by is a woman <laughs> who i did a video about who said that mid-century was out I but just also don't, that, I just don't believe that when like we're currently going through like 40s era like no. style wash. But also that all of that stuff said, is going to be around for ages. Exactly. Of like, course you're an it idiot. is. Of course it. But that same person said that white blue clay couches were out and I was trying to find how much things cost. And I think that and the person said and this is where I was like I don't like you as a human being. Uh, <laughs> they said that they loved the Goop CB2. Oh. Partner. Get the fuck out of here. I was like, okay, how can anybody hear what you just said? How did anybody watch the rest of the damn video? I had gotten tagged in it twice, which is how I even came to it. Um, but um, but I think that the point is- that Gwyneth, just... I hate vaccines, Paltro, really. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna back that shit. That's right. I'm I was like, wow, you're picking now. some interesting horses there. Jesus um, Christ. But the point of that person is what you just said, that you can buy and buy and buy. Because their point is that, um, oh, sorry. Their point is that, <laughs> I really feel struggling. Um, but their point is that what you just said is that, you know, you could, you want to, it's, a, it's about consumption. Yeah. Right? Like it's about yeah. this consumption that um, you could have a white blue clay couch and then you're going to switch to a green blue clay couch, which is what they suggested. And I was like, okay. Or you could keep your couch. And I think that's where yeah. Yeah. Um, you have, that that these are all the same thing mm -hmm. they're all basically like in ancient history they were building things to exist forever right mm -hmm. and they're gonna make it as tech as possible but it's because they know that they're investing in it exactly and then exactly. now there's these vanilla boys you're not really investing in vanilla boys you're just looking right you're not gonna invest <laughs> in those boys and then um and then you're gonna have these white interiors because you have no taste oh gosh i just like I can't imagine being in a space that doesn't, that isn't a reflection of who you are. Or maybe these people are truly just beige on the inside and that's somehow more but, terrifying. No, I think, I think that they don't know how to be themselves. Like, I think actually that's what it is. We don't oh, have enough, so we have depressing. enough to consume, but we don't have enough to invest in ourselves. Like yeah. we don't, you know, like I think that and, Trend, and trends only trends only we are trends yeah. only society mm. Mm. because like I have to say I have always wanted a Bertoia chair. The first place I worked, we had they had the Bertoia chairs in like the patio and I always mm -hmm. wanted one. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have a Bertoia chair. Um, 
it, whoever is a purveyor of Bertoria chairs wants to give it to us, please. <laughs> um, but um, but I've always wanted it, and yeah. and I just love it. I think it's beautiful. It has nothing to do with my. It's just like something that I truly love, and I think that's the other thing. Like, and that's we okay. don't aspire. We don't. People don't aspire to a certain thing or want it. They just buy it out of impulse. Yeah, well, because it eases the burden of living under this horrendous system, right? But also yeah. I think it's interesting, like I've seen, you know, this push now that people are, you know, as they rightfully should, are kind of putting other information that we should be aware of on the back of, like, what's happening on Pal in Palestine. Um, mm. Which is, you know, like, people are waking up to the idea of, like, what's happening in the Congo and how, like, there's yeah. no new piece of technology that doesn't have, like horrendous images of like colonialism and white supremacy at the bottom mm -hmm. of like that industrial chain well, so this is the other thing about all of this right you know you would say um uh you know i think that um the problem actually is this is like a really dark edge to collecting yeah. to keeping to that selling to buying yeah I just, yeah I just did a stitch oh you did but, uh, no yeah because no wonder it's on the brain <laughs> Uh, that's right. I just did a stitch. Um, and I mentioned we had a podcast right at the beginning, like you said. And oh, I wonder if that's going to help. Hopefully. And, um, but I think that this idea of consuming mm -hmm. and, um, that, that actually what we, what we do now is that we consume without any, the, uh, the way that we consume is no different mm -hmm. than the way they consumed in the ancient world, right? They had no cares in the world where yeah. the cinnabar was coming from where the malachite yeah. was coming from you know they didn't care at all and that actually is exactly the same so your white blue clay couch you know most of the things that we consume your white blue clay couch is actually still made by people there's no mm -hmm. machine that does all the parts there's no machine that's sewing this it's just a person who's been treated badly you've seen the footage of those people i do not remember what remote area it is who like by hand will deconstruct like industrial shipping containers and like mm -hmm. giant ships mm -hmm. all with like a welding iron mm -hmm. by hand mm -hmm. if you if you guys haven't seen this footage mm -hmm. before i think i remember mm -hmm. it like at school and then i also remember seeing it mm -hmm. on tiktok like a while later mm -hmm. but like there is nothing in this world that isn't kind of like built or deconstructed by human hands at the, no. like, the beginning or at the end of like the process chain no. like it is human power like it is people but I to so it's sort of in this convoluted way to go back to the vanilla <laughs> boys. I think that actually one of the things that's very sad about our existence is that you know we can't de we don't develop personal taste. Um, we consume to make ourselves feel full, mm -hmm. and I mean intellectually full. And then and then and what we don't do and emotionally, and but what we can't do is we don't necessarily know people better. No. And so you have your beige, you have your beige house because you feel like that feels calm and safe because you don't know how to calm yourself. You don't mm -hmm. know how to pick a space that isn't beige, that isn't like mm -hmm. everybody else's. Mm -hmm. um, you change it so that you could be before the trend because being a tastemaker makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself stuck with a vanilla boy who actually is like a narcissistic dick. Who's on the Reddit thread of like, here's yeah. how I hate my girlfriend. Yes, exactly. Like, He's like the guy who wrote it, right? Yeah. Like he is the guy. <laughs> you just started dating that fool. I made Sophie die. <laughs> oh, no, I'm back. I'm back. I've risen. No, but like, but <laughs> because you didn't have like the emotional wherewithal, 
Mm-hmm. to realize he was a dick and i will say for the ladies i'm not saying that the ladies at fault because i those those emotional manipulation boys are oh, better than us they are they're spending their time like when you know they, why always... because they have no fucking like any traumas or anything to come up against so they spend their time learning how to manipulate Mm-hmm. and hate you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. i i really do you know this whole like narrative that like men just like uh not emotionally intelligent and don't know what they're doing about like, like this is all done with intent like they yeah. know they know how they're treating you they know exactly what they're doing like there's no there's no universe where you treat so someone basically like that you don't have an awareness study ancient nice. art and you will not be screwed by boys is that what <laughs> we're saying uh yeah and listen to art last podcast Listen to our plus podcast, but I do think I actually do think if you if you spend your time thinking about visual culture and mm. history, you see that it repeats itself, right? Like, I mean, we did an episode about the Pre-Raphaelites. Those people, 100%. the Pre-Raphaelites, are basically the equivalent of these vanilla boys in a different yeah. way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. these guys, these guys are right. We're writing an artist manifesto, last century. Ugh. I'm and so I, I think that I'm so tired of these people. <laughs> so, but I also think the bit the bigger thing for me, you know, is like we when we think about the reason that learning more about ancient art um, reminds us that like our consume consumerism now mm-hmm. is misplaced is because that stuff was valued for its uniqueness. Yeah, in its own time. Yeah, right, and. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, as you build your personal taste, instead of deciding if it's going to be in or out, <laughs> trying to spend some time on you and what you love will prevent you from being st- stuck with both a beige interior and a be- faux beige boyfriend, a faux vanilla boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. And gang, that is exactly how I ended up with this absolutely horrendous but totally amazing project that I'm working on. You can maybe hear me knitting in the background. I'm hoping it doesn't pick up too much because I've been trying to be quiet. But I'm currently working on my first ever feral project and I'm making a vest of totally naff uh, 80s Australian uh, style cockatoos. So it's a feral vest sweater. And wait, what kind of birds are those? They're all different kinds of cockatoos. There's from what country? From Australia. From I your love, home. From my home. From my God, it's such a bizarre thing. It's like, it's my home, but it's not my ancestral home. And it's also not where I live. <laughs> it's, I guess, where I come from. <laughs> what did you, what were you saying before? Where I was like, that's not an ethnicity. <laughs> oh, ethnically Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Like, say I'm ethnically Australian. Oof. That definitely is not true. Yeah, um, I know, I know. It sounds very about, wrong. A thing, I think the thing I love about you doing these, um, and this is the same person, this knitting pattern, is the koala? No, no. This is just from a book I found called oh, okay. Aussie Fair. That's like a bunch that's of still, different. That's awesome. It's like it was a real I th- thing in I the think 80s. you just said two things, like found and I liked. I think that the thing for me is – about when you look at ancient art and it's surprising mm-hmm. or is that actually a lot of times what you perceive is cool or interesting turns out different when you learn more yeah but the only way that you're going to find it is to look for what you think is cool not mm-hmm. what some person on the internet thinks is cool mm-hmm. except for us because we're right 
So, summary for this episode. Jeez, now I know how you survived in the museum industry for 25 years. Fuck, mate. Get that ego in check. That's right. That's right. Um, I have to say, I almost never, I don't even know that I ever share personal taste. Um, Your clothes say it all, though, you know? No, these are my households. This is my kid's sweatshirt because. No, I mean, like, but you're like, you know. Pattern, pattern, pattern. I love it. Anyway. um, Clearly me too. Yes. Like, I so desperately want to be a goth and then I'm like, but the birds. (laughs) And that's it. Just follow your heart. Follow what you can't. Follow your heart. You can't, like, dictate what you love. And I love really ugly knitwear. Follow (laughs) your heart. beautiful. Follow your heart, but away from Vanilla Boys. Um, (laughs) So if you like unhinged episodes like this one or our future episodes, follow us, subscribe, like, email us, do all the things. Oh, my God. Just, like... You know, you've you've heard it so many times before, but do those things, help us grow, help us turn this into something that, you know, we can actually live off of because that would be really great. Um, it would be great. It would we, be great. I feel like we both, be great. we've both worked for a long time in our respect, you more than me. No. We've both worked for a long time in our respective fields. We both really care about how art and information is consumed and how culture is created and we know that we have an audience out there who really responds to what we do. We get some really, really, we're actually, we've got an email episode coming up as well, gang. We're, we're just going to respond to some of the lovely correspondence that we have gotten from all of you, because that's why we're here doing this, because we know there's a whole, a whole world out there of people who want to know and want to be a part of the art world, but also want to live artistically in their day-to-day life and understand how they can do that through the media they consume. And we really hope we can bridge that gap as people who, oh, God, I have to apparently apply for more stuff if I want to keep being in the art world. But um, (laughs) So like, follow, subscribe, do all the things. Do all the things and support us so I can continue to fucking apply for residencies, I guess, and not be exhausted all the time. That's right. Bye. (laughs) Bye, friends.